Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and happy Monday. It's Lauren on this week of the She Sources podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. To kick off the week, we're going to dive into a segment we like to call New Week, New Views. November doesn't really have a holiday, aside from Thanksgiving if you're in the U.S., but I mean, let's be honest, in our minds it all goes, in our minds it goes from Halloween to Christmas and November is just kind (laughs) of... So because fall is so heavily featured as a backdrop in so many rom-coms, and Nora Ephron is the queen of the romantic comedy, I decided that November will be known as Nora Ephron November, or November, if you will. And what better way to celebrate November than giving you guys a bit of background on Nora, and also sharing with you my favorite films of hers. So firstly, I want to say that I think anyone aspiring to become a screenwriter should know Nora's work, and her writing outside of her screenwriting and directing. In fact, before she was known for her movies like When Harry Met Sally, Sleepless in Seattle, and You've Got Mail, she was known for her extremely popular witty essays about feminism she wrote for Esquire. And she's published several nonfiction books like I Feel Bad About My Neck and I Remember Nothing. She also wrote the novel Heartburn, a must-read. I love Heartburn. It's it's so, so good. And it was also inspired by her real-life husband's affair and their divorce. And it was adapted into a movie starring Meryl Streep and Jack Nicholson. She was so much more than just a filmmaker. I think she was living proof that people wanted to read stories and see films about women told through the female gaze and not just the romantic stuff in a time when there weren't as many female filmmakers and the way women were portrayed on screen was not authentic. In fact, Nora makes an effort in all her work to poke fun at societies discussed with older women, a taboo subject. She also pokes fun at this idea that older women get less attractive as they age and therefore are less valuable to society. Just listen to Lauren Graham, also known as Lorelai Gilmore on Gilmore Girls, and the author of my favorite book, Someday, Someday, Maybe. Listen to her talk about how Nora influenced her when she was on the Kelly Clarkson show. There's an essay where I'm talking about uh, Nora Ephron, specifically, who's a writer I really admire, yeah. who wrote, um, who was an essayist, who wrote a number of essays on aging and uh, being, you know, noticing her friends all wearing like turtlenecks, trying to hide that they were getting older. And I, just as a matter of research, was looking into men who've written about aging, and I looked up men women's necks, aging, and the only thing that came up was, why are men so attracted to women's necks? And I was like, what? Like, there's no writing, there's no male, there is less uh, men writing about aging in any kind of comedic way or contemplative way. And I thought, gosh, this is maybe just something that women are really trying to process. And uh, And I think people talk about it more with women. 
They don't care. They're always like, oh, he's a fine wine. And he got better as he aged. Yes. Nobody says that about women. (laughs) She looks so great at 60. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's really generally saying that. When they do, they're beautiful. I find age beautiful because I have had friends that didn't make it past 30. Like, you know what I'm saying? We're lucky. I find these wrinkles. I earned these. I got these. I agree. And and it's a beautiful thing because not everybody's given that chance to have that lifetime. I, yeah. Age is awesome. Age is awesome. Nora was also the master of the gendered observation. She knew how to cleverly write real women and poke fun at the male gaze. In fact, she was so effective in creating strong three-dimensional female characters that she inspired generations of women to want to be exactly as witty and funny as she was, myself included. I completely idolized Nora, and for years, I've always said my dream was to become the next Nora Ephron, but I am one of many, probably 70% of young women saying the same thing. (laughs) And I read a really interesting article in The New Yorker by Rachel Syme called The Nora Ephron We Forgot, and she touches on how Nora Ephron's work has been diminished to this aesthetic that her movies are known for, rather than her sharp, witty writing. And she also talks about how Nora's remembered as the queen of this sappy rom-com and how Nora idolized Dorothy Parker, who was basically the Nora Ephron of her time. Uh, she was a satirical poet and author from the 1920s known for her feminist works. All of a sudden, her dream of being the next Dorothy Parker, she realized she was just like every other girl who went to New York City to try and become the next Dorothy Parker and claimed she had a Dorothy Parker problem. And now all the young female writers moved to New York in hopes of being the next Nora Ephron and have their own Nora Ephron problem. So the cycle continues. I think it's really easy to idolize Nora and to only think of her as the symbol of the plucky, sharp-witted girl-next-door archetype who isn't afraid to put a man in his place. But I think that's reducing her to less than she was. And so if we want to be like Nora Ephron, we need to understand who she was and why her writing is so impactful. I think it's easy to love the idea of Nora Ephron without really giving her the credit she deserves for her voice as a writer. She has so much more depth than reducing her to the aesthetic that she's created in her movies. And I think it's really important to understand that without Nora Ephron, there would be no Amy Sherman Palladino who wrote and created Gilmore Girls and The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. There would be no Mindy Kaling, there would be no Tina Fey, there would be no Dolly Alderton who's known for her novel and series Everything I Know About Love and has actually been touted as the next Nora Ephron. Nora paved the way for movies that follow authentic female protagonists, and I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to be like Nora, so long as we understand that she's more than the person responsible for Meg Ryan fall. I think Nora Ephron was pivotal in showing three-dimensional women in the 90s, but I also think that women have changed a lot since then, and so it's good for us to look to Nora for how to be bold in writing women on screen, but to also realize that women have changed since the 90s and early 2000s. So on that note, I wanted to share my top Nora Ephron movies with you and why I love them beyond their aesthetic. I'm going to go three, two, one with this list. So number three on my list is Sleepless in Seattle. I think this movie was really groundbreaking in breaking down the pressures women have to deal with in dating culture and the societal expectation of settling down and having kids before you're past your prime. Nora satirizes this idea a lot in the movie with the, with the statistic about it being easier to be killed by a terrorist than it is to find a husband over the age of 40. That's mentioned throughout the movie. In fact, the whole movie is framed around Annie's expectations of love and the fact 
that she almost settles down with a really boring guy she feels no spark with and always tries to find ways to justify their relationship, which I think can be such a relatable thing. Because of what we see in the movies, we romanticize things, and that's exactly what she's done in this movie. Only for her to seek out a romance with a man she hears over the radio and has not seen. Also with the way that the other women in the movie also fawn over this man who they cannot see and have only heard on the radio. I think it's a smarter movie than people give it credit for with the way that Annie and Becky fawn over the love story in the old of the old romantic movie, An Affair to Remember, which mirrors all the themes in this movie. And yeah, I think it's just really smart in the way it goes to show the ways in which women have been conditioned to romanticize their relationships because of the unrealistic expectations rom-coms have fed us, which ironically, I think people have found a way to do the same with Nora Ephron's movies, even though that was definitely not her intention. Uh, so yeah, I love that movie. I think it's really great for all those reasons. Number two is the classic When Harry Met Sally. And it's a classic for a reason. It's a feel-good movie, but it's also a hilarious movie that pokes and prods at gendered stereotypes in dating. And although I think the thesis of the movie Men and Women Can't Be Friends is a bit outdated because we all know Harry and Sally end up together and therefore men and women can't be friends because they ended up in a relationship. Honestly, I think it'd be a really interesting movie to remake within the context of modern dating, but that's an aside. I think the author, Roberta Garrett, says it best when she says, when Harry met Sally marked a shift away from the broadly realist biographical screenplays exclusively based on a female protagonist and carrying an overt feminist message towards the lighter romance and comedy forms. So although this movie isn't overtly feminist the way that she says, I think it opens up a conversation to talk about what are men and women really thinking when they're dating in a really fun, funny way. And I also think this movie is a jumping off point for all other great rom-coms that have followed for that very reason. It's definitely one of the best rom-coms from the great performances, the sharp jokes, and of course the iconic speech at the end of the movie, which to me really pinpointed the female gaze in that, you know, it just showed how women want a romantic partner who knows them. None of all, none of this stuff that we're fed in the movies, but we just want someone who knows us. <laughs> and I think that that is, I think it's such a great movie. Last but certainly not least is my number one favorite Nora Ephron rom-com. That would be Julie and Julia, which is actually my favorite movie ever of all time. So of course I'm a little biased, but I absolutely love this movie because it's just, it follows two women between time and space both on a parallel journey to overcome adversity in their respective time periods, trying to make a mark on the world with Julie Child trying to write a cookbook in a time when women were just housewives and Julie Powell trying to make a name for herself in a corporate post 9-11 world where her friends are so career obsessed, they lack any sort of passion for what they do, making her feel guilty for having dreams and not achieving all the things she wanted to achieve. I love this movie because yes, it's about two women wanting to be successful, but as hokey as it sounds, it is also about two women following their dreams. On top of that, it is a unique love story in that it falls to married couples, which is not something we see very often in the movies. We see the couple get together, but we don't see what happens after they're together. And so I think this movie is really special for that reason. 
And it's also been touted by Meryl Streep as Nora's love letter to her husband and author Nicholas Pileggi, who many have said was the love of her life. So on top of it being a great movie, it's just so much more special for that reason. And it's also the last movie Nora ever made. So it's a great movie. I love it with all my heart, honestly. And so in honor of November, please watch all those three movies. Thank you so much for listening to the She Sources podcast produced in collaboration with Wizard Radio Media. You can find us online at www.shesources.co and follow us on Instagram at shesources with an underscore at the end. I'm Laura Piscothi and I'll catch you next time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.